This is The Shift Podcast. Today on the podcast, Michael Lossier shares two questions we can ask ourselves that can change our self-esteem for the better. Not only can we do it for ourselves, but if you use these two questions, you can help change someone else's self-esteem. Michael Lossier has a bunch of books out. The Law of Attraction is one of them. It's fantastic. And he joined us to talk about self-esteem. What are those two questions? Super simple, super easy, and they're on the Shift Daily Podcast. Sir Christopher Gilbert joined us from Tokyo. The wild stories from around the world with the International Dispatch. What the hell should we watch this weekend with Steve Stebbing? SteveStebbing.ca is his website. And Wrath of Man, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Outside Story, so much more. What should you watch this weekend? All of it on the Shift Daily Podcast. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. Yes, it's confusing. He lived in Canada. He's from New Zealand. He's in Japan. He's, uh, I like to say he's on vacation. He really does have a job, but he's on vacation from his vacation. How's your vacation week going, Chris Gilbert? It's really interesting, actually, because I, I tried to explain some of my family history to a, a colleague the other day because I actually have Ukrainian family uh, that live in, it, uh, not, yeah, in, just outside Edmonton. And so I was trying to explain to somebody that I'm a New Zealander and here is a book about my family, all of the Ukrainians who live in Canada, but I live in Japan, but I was in Canada last year. So it gets kind of boggling for a little, you know, a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I just finished a vacation week. The whole country of Japan had golden week last week, which is traditionally like the week when everyone gets on a plane and goes somewhere, usually Okinawa or Hawaii. Um, but this year, I think people were pretty responsible. I stayed home. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, I went for a day hike, but I stayed within Tokyo. Um, yeah, no, very chill. I, I, I think I've reached some kind of like bargaining nirvana with the, with the pandemic where I'm like, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to do nothing. And I'm okay with that now. I'm very, I'm in a happy place. That's very cool. Since you left yeah. Canada... I'm curious, and I noticed it, I think, last week. Have you spoken to any of your Canadian friends or your partner or anyone at home? Have they said anything to you about you losing your Canadian accent and picking up your Kiwi accent again? I'm sorry, what? Has anybody said anything? I had a Canadian anything? accent? Yeah, you did, a little bit. Oh, do go on. I'm, I, I think you know more about this than me, so you might have to explain. I'm sorry, Shane. Well, I so now Chris was a part of the show for weeks and weeks, months and months. And, uh, you, you know, you, you did what Ryan does. And mm. your, I fi I'm finding your Kiwi accent since you, which is ironic that you're in Tokyo learning to speak Japanese and, uh, live in there. I'm finding your Kiwis coming through more often now than it did when you were in yeah. Canada and you sounded more Canadian with your Tim Hortons and your, and your, um, and your timbits and stuff. Yeah, I mean, maybe my cultural references have changed, but I like, oh, maybe my Kiwi is stronger. It's interesting because I, I find that as I travel around the world, my accent does change. Depending who I'm talking to, I find that um, here I pick up a North American R really strongly uh, because uh, obviously R's and L's get mixed up in English in Japan. And mm -hmm. so if I say bird, I might say like bird. You like really accentuate the R. So if mm -hmm. anything, I think that my my North American accent should be coming stronger. Um, if anything, but uh, 
No, if I say a particularly Kiwi word tonight, can you let me know? Because I'm, I'm very interested in, in, yeah. in the remnants of my, the ruins of my New Zealand accent as my family would, you know, view it. It's not much I, of a I left, would, to be honest. I would say that uh, it's uh, it sounds great. So I'm not being critical of it. I'm just noticing that it's there. So that's super <laughs> it's a good fun. look on you. Yeah. It suits uh, you. It fits you. <laughs> Trucker Dan says this by text. He says, I agree with you, Shane. I'm hearing the Kiwi creeping back into his dialect. Oh, what? Oosh. Oh, that's the Skux Deluxe. It's the most <laughs> oosh thing I've ever heard, bro. What are you talking about? Uh, see, there it is. No, not nothing. You sound great, buddy. Nothing's changed. You sound just like you're still living in Lower Mainland. It sounds like Trucker Dan's been having too much of a hoon on his goon bag, you know? <laughs> Can you fake a Canadian accent? Oh, I wouldn't dare. I, I mean, well, I mean, there was the thing that I told you that my boss said a couple of shows, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember, like, um, my, my boss in Canada when I worked at the ski resort and yeah. there were mice and the mice had eaten into the, into the Mars bar? And he goes, mm. oh, it's, it's gone straight through the caramel into the nougat, and so like that. That's nougat. about as uh, as uh, accurate. Well, I, these as I guys can like get. to do impressions of me. Uh, Ryan likes to do an impression of me. Um, so oh, I mean, Ryan, Ryan, you might as well do, it. Go on, do it. Okay, hold on. I'm thinking the bumper music's going. <laughs> it's the shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. The is that a typo? typo. There's a typo. <laughs> I forgot the phone number. I forgot the phone number. Again, oh, I was going to do the phone number. Well, it's the 9898 that you always make fun of me. 98. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right. I'm not going to lie, dude. That was the worst um, impersonation <laughs> I've ever heard. I know. It's life. not good, eh? It's not good. I'm it, much better than just Tommy like... Wiseau or something like that. Yeah. Oh, Which is funny dude, because when terrible. I interview Americans, I often get told, "Boy, you sound pretty American." Which I don't think I sound very American. I don't think I sound American, eh? But. That was very Canadian. I mean, my um, my I've talked about my uncle before on the show, and he lived in Ottawa for forty years. He's back in New Zealand now, but he said "a" as like almost as punctuation. So, like at the end of every sentence, there was, uh, you know, it's good to catch up, eh? Good, good to do this again, eh? It's like every sentence would be finished in an A. So that when I was growing up, that was my main relationship with Canada was um, the non-word A, um, mm. which I think I picked up myself while I was there. So maybe I've dropped the A and that's what you've noticed, Shane, is that I don't say A anymore. Yeah, that, that could be it. All right, so Christopher mm -hmm. Gilbert is in Tokyo right now and he is our international dispatch looking at stories from around the world that are deep-rooted, highly investigative and... Mm -hmm. uh, and about birds. Where are we going? Uh, yeah, so let's start with birds. Uh, let's start with my home country. Uh, are you aware of a bird? Well, first of all, are you aware that New Zealand is a mecca of birds? Like, we have so many birds. We're like a Greek island. We have so many birds. I had no idea. Yeah, New Zealand is a bird place. So if you like birds, go to New Zealand. We got birds. So the main bird, obviously, is the kiwi. Everyone knows and loves the kiwi. But uh, lesser known and much cooler is actually the kakapo. So the kakapo is a flightless bird. It's a parrot. And it's just like a great big fat green thing walking around. What's it called? And kakapo. All right. Uh, K-A-K-A-P-O. You guys, uh, everyone at home, 
feel yep. free to Google it. Uh, not while you're driving, but you know, like the kakapo is a beautiful bird, uh, and uh, there's about 205 of them left. A lot of the birds in New Zealand are flightless because um, there never were any like natural predators on the islands uh, until you know, like uh, colonizers came. So they just wiped. Um, and yeah, and they almost got all wiped out. There were 50 in the 1990s. There are 205 now. The kakapo, very important to my story, mates every two to four years. So wow. a long drink between drinks there. That's a dry I mean, wait, spell. A long, what, what am I saying? Um, but, you know, they don't do it very often. Uh, and about 12 years ago, uh, Stephen Fry, the British uh, broadcaster, comedian, national treasure, visited the South Island of New Zealand and encountered a kakapo. And, uh, Brian, if you want to play the first clip, uh, this is what happened when Stephen Fry encountered a kakapo. A typical male, Sirocco is clearly only interested in one thing. Hello. Oh, look at that. <clears throat> He's getting a bit frisky. Ow! Ow! Do you think it is a, um, he's actually attempting a sort of mating ritual? He is. <laughs> oh, lost. <laughs> you are sure being shagged. Or not. Ow! Gosh. Look, he's so happy. <laughs> Sorry, but this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> you are being shagged by a rare parrot. One of the best clips we have ever played on this show. <laughs> he yeah. is giving her. I do good job. Good that, shift that, there, I, Kakapo. Please YouTube it, Kakapo Stephen Fry, because the look of joy on this parrot's face as he mounts the cameraman's head and just flaps his wings wildly all around his face is probably like the happiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think just how happy this parrot looks. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't want to give too much explanation before that clip because I wanted to leave it to your imagination. But mm -hmm. uh, so that's a quick introduction to the kakapo. This particular kakapo is Sirocco. He had a respiratory problem when he was uh, just a little parrot. And so he's been growing up around humans. Uh, so naturally, he sees humans as birds and he wants to mate with the humans instead of other birds. Uh, this led to a problem because obviously they want to breed and develop um these birds more they want to you know increase their numbers and and sirocco likes heads and humans mm. uh so how do you get him to mate every two to four years uh so they came up with uh, uh the kakapo six helmet <laughs> oh oh man i mean you probably uh, should wear a helmet i mean it is safer <laughs> All right, I'll strap in next time. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I'll, I'll put seatbelts on the bed. Um, oh, but here, here, here's a clip of Kate, Mc, Kate McInnes. Uh, she is a veterinarian at the uh, Department of Conservation uh, in uh, Wellington, New Zealand. She invented the Kakapo 6 helmet. Um, let's hear a little bit from her. I had remembered watching a documentary. There was an endangered falcon and they were down to one male bird and it was in a captive breeding program and it used to fly down and it would actually mate with the hat that the guy was wearing. And I remembered seeing that and thinking, well, we have Sirocco. He liked interacting with uh, humans. What if we could collect sperm that way? Yeah, well, okay. makes sense, right? Now, I'm afraid to ask this question because it might be where you're going. Oh, what? Uh, maybe. 
Who pulls the short straw? <laughs> I, you know, you know what? You know what? Like my my job on this show is to think of these angles, and I hadn't actually thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> like paper, rock, scissors to wear the helmet. That's a good point. What is it like to be the guy in the helmet? And I was like, all right, all right, Sirocco. It's, it's, it's 2013. It's your time of the year. Come on. Jump on. Give it a go. Give her. You know, as you guys say over there. I think I would volunteer for that. I really do. Because I think it would be a unique experience in my life. I, it would certainly be a unique experience. That's for sure. I mean, can you, I don't even, I don't know, man. I don't think that that's like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> One, two, three, shoot. practicing that <laughs> and when i said one two three shoot i meant paper rock scissors just to be <laughs> oh sure you did there's a good technical producer right there um speaking of producers ryan have you google image searched a kakapo yet yeah oh yeah it, the, he looks adorable he's very cute can you describe yeah. him it's like um think of an owl but green short and instead of having giant eyes, it has a massive beak, and it's like smiling at you. And it's also so very, happy. He's happy, yeah. and he's also very like um, sneaky in the way he walks. Oh, so smug, sneaky! You know, like the shoulders kind of flexing. Yeah, I like. Oh this yeah, bird. yeah. He, no, he's it's got a kind cool of an bird. owl face. He's like a parrot with an owl face. Yeah, like owl cheek. So no, he's cute. a parrot with owl cheeks. Yeah. And one thing I really like about New Zealand birds is they're all super plump. Like you, you <laughs> won't find a bird in New Zealand that's not just a, like um, like a, like a cartoon version of a chicken drumstick. You know, like they're all just like big round boys, and uh, I liked it about them. Um, anyway, uh, I, I want to get on a bit, so let, let's uh, listen to the next clip of the story. Soroka the kakapo weighed about three kilograms, and he has big claws. And so when he climbs up, he's actually heavy and painful. Um, and then he climbs on your head and attempts to mate with you. And again, that's, that's not essentially a very pleasurable experience for the person under the helmet, uh, which is why we had a rugby helmet with a really strong um, hook on it. <laughs> yeah. So they used a rugby helmet. I love how you just basically said all the birds in New Zealand have dad bods. I did not say that. I said they're plump boys. Are you calling all dads plump boys? Well, the dad bod is like delightfully pudgy. I remember being a kid and reading Asterix comic books, and Asterix went to some feast in Belgium. Do you guys have Asterix over there? I'm not a comic book guy, so I couldn't tell you. No. Um, okay, anyway, for anyone who knows Asterix, it's, well, okay, he's a Viking, and they used to have these, like, this bone and on the end of the bone was just like at these feet so it was like a big round piece of meat and that's and like when you're a kid it was like the most succulent appetizing thing in the world unless you're a vegan but like yeah it was it looked amazing and that's what these birds look like but um i, I want to play the last clip as well because they go over some of the old technology that they used before they invented the six helmet so let's listen to that some of the, the old technologies. Um, so this is the, the go-kart, Chloe the Kakapo, um, and she was used to try and attract the males, but they didn't really like the go-kart, so that didn't work. Um, then we moved on to the helmet 
which was meant to kind of be a bit more like um, I'm a female kakapo who you know would like you and um, as we found out Sirocco didn't really he wasn't convinced by this um, white plastic helmet so that uh, it was a stepping stone for new technology but it wasn't the breakthrough we wanted. Okay, where do you want to start with that one? Because there's the go-kart and there's the white plastic helmet, which is meant to be sexy. Well, I'm not comfortable with where my brain went in all of this. And it made me think of veterinarians and fertilization clinics, like, because they do it with a lot of cows and horses and stuff like that, right? Just in general, Mm. just like to the point that you're Mm. speaking of with this this sex helmet. And it, it, Mm. (laughs) my brain went to the place of, well, Okay, so we all know that, you know, those things happen, the artificial insemination and these those things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be respectable mm-hmm. to it. But that does mean that someone has to recruit the soldiers, if you will. So you're still stuck on you're still stuck on the the the, the who who wears the helmet thing. I'm still kind of stuck on who wears the helmet. That's right. Now, yeah. Going back to one of my many many jobs that I've had over the years. <laughs> One was at an aquarium and um yeah, the the whales in particular were and dolphins were trained it was called AI to produce so that they could produce offspring, but there was a training process that they had to go through. I never witnessed the training process, but wow. yeah, there was they um, got trained to the point where there was a little command and then they could just do it on command, but there was a whole process to get to that point. But someone's got to catch. I, I, no, I, forget the catcher. Go back a step. There is okay. a job in the world where somebody has to train a dolphin how to produce reproductive fluid. Yeah, yeah, they do that at marine parks because that's that they is get. a job. Mm, yeah. I mean, hmm. like I went to university and I was like, oh, what should I study? Oh, psychology or or like media there was not like training a dolphin how to reproduce hmm. in the curriculum how do you end up doing that well i started as the sound guy <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, recording it no 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 oh man we got only fans for dolphins going on here no man this is going nowhere <laughs> not that kind of job um, yeah. So, I mean, like, so the helmet, to answer your question, Shane, the helmet catches. And before that, they literally had a lady um, kakapo model, like a, like a doll, on a, on a small buggy, remote control buggy. And they would just go in, in, like, oh. in the forest, in the woods. And like, and, and like Mrs. Uh, Honeypot would show up, the, the lady kakapo. And uh, they meant to mount that. But right. I don't think that took. And it's like, oh, Sirocco, Sirocco likes heads more. Um, and so they made the white helmet and Sirocco didn't take to that. Um, and so I think uh, not explained in the audio, but in, in, in sight in the video next to the helmet is a kakapo head. So I think they might've made a kakapo head for Sirocco to, uh, mount and, uh, deposit, um, you know, his yeah. productive, um, you know, reproductive fluids into, wow. into the kakapo head. Um, and now we're all a little wiser. So um, you are welcome. Are we? I would like to uh, apologize now for the dreams and nightmares that some of us are going to have when this uh, day ends. And remember, I just want you to remember one thing. If you do have nightmares about birds or dolphins 
It was Sir Christopher Gilbert <laughs> who brought it up. <laughs> can, can I can I have one last word about about it? Something completely different. Um, I know yeah, you yeah. guys talked earlier this week, just radically changing topic about the giant squid um, that was yeah. built in Western Japan. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about that, but can I say that uh, my home country, New Zealand, is the land of big things? Um, uh, and I just want to like list off uh, that in New Zealand, if you drive around and go on a road trip, you will see a big apple, a big bicycle, a big bull, a big carrot, a big dairy whip, a big gumboot, kiwi fruit, kiwi, kiwis, lemon and pyro, a bottle, a big loaf, a big sheep and sheepdog, a big sheep share, a big trout, a big prawn, a mega cow, a big clock, a big crayfish, a big donut, a big fruit, a big power, a big salmon, a big sandfly sausage, a uh, surfer riding a wave, a big takahe, a big kakapo, a big trout, a big guitar, and a big wheelbarrow. So um, All in that I little island. Criticize... <laughs> the... I hope you didn't cr- criticize the uh, the giant squid too much because, you know, I, I'm a defender of big things. If you drive around Canada, what big things do you see? That would be a reasonable question. I All would right, say for so. A... Right. Like, I think it would be safe to say that if you drove in Sudbury, you would see a giant nickel. Let's just throw that one out there to start. All right. Or Hope BC doesn't have giant things, but they have many wooden sculptures, which is slightly creepy as well. So um, yeah. not big, yeah. but scary, which also counts, I feel. Let's ask that question of the shift heads. If you drive around Canada, what big things do you see, just like Sir Christopher Gilbert mentioned about Tokyo and New Zealand? 877-399-9898. That call is out for you. Uh, thanks for um, enlightening our oh, day. Yeah. That's with... what I'm here for. I mean, what would you do without me? Well, hey, man, nothing like a little parrot love here on the shift. Thanks, buddy. Uh, See you guys next week. This is the Shift Podcast. Every now and then, if we listen, we can catch things that are around us all the time. People will tell us things. They'll give us compliments. We often dismiss them. We often look at things from a negative perspective. And I will share one of mine is that I was talking to Melanie and she said, how are you doing today? I said, oh, today was a hard day. And she said to me, which in our relationship is what a good partner will do. She goes, are you okay? Because every day has been hard lately. And that was a great wake-up call. How lucky am I to have support like that to be able to dig into what is hard days? And these are the kinds of conversations that really, really uh, make me think, make me grow every day. And inside, what is a hard day can be self-esteem. We've invited back Michael Lossier to come back to the show Law of Attraction is his book, plus many others. And uh, Michael is here again, joining us from Victoria. Hi, Michael. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Well, today's not a hard day. Today is a great day. Um, And I'm glad to have you back. It's nice to see your face as you join me on the Zoom call. At the end of our last conversation, Michael, we had chatted about self-esteem briefly. It's kind of come back present into my life. I've always looked at self-esteem as this overarching way as opposed to different situations in our days where self-esteem sort of uh, just sort of hits us, kind of like stepping in a, a pothole, if you will. So uh, Law of Attraction is your book. I do invite everyone to get the book because it's fantastic perspective on positivity and the things that can, can come from it. Where does uh, self-esteem land for you, Michael? Okay, well, I'm going to give you my definition for self-esteem. Self-esteem means to 
esteem yourself. In other words, you don't need to look outside of yourself to tell someone that you're smart or that you're pretty or that you're tall or that you got nice eyes. Not judging that, but self-esteem means you'd be able to do that yourself. And most people can't do that. Most people don't know how. They think self-esteem is something that they've got to earn or they've got to get where you can do it yourself. And when you're not self-esteeming yourself, then you don't feel good about yourself. Now you're sending a negative vibe. Now we're killing law of attraction. So why is it not okay to have a negative feeling or a negative vibe? You know, we've talked about it before. People I know listening have had the experience where they were in a negative, you know, cranky mood and the day got worse and worse and worse. And they say, I should have stayed in bed today. So when you have negative thoughts about yourself and you're not good at this, you're not good at that, and I want to bomb at this interview and this date's going to be a disaster, my kids don't like me, I'll, just whatever the whole story is, those thoughts, even though you're not saying them out loud, are causing you to have a negative vibe or a feeling. So the thoughts are creating this negative vibe, and now you're sending a negative vibe, and now you're attracting more negative things. That's what law of attraction does. It's not smart. It's obedient. So what if just by changing what we think about would change the vibe, which would change what we're attracting? Well, we can do that. So again, self-esteem is my ability to esteem myself. Now, I'm working with lots of people in my business, some other practitioners that I'm helping with. And, you know, I'm teaching them how to go live on Facebook and Instagram. And everybody's nervous and doesn't like to do it at first. So after they do their first Facebook Live, within five minutes, their assignment is to email me. And here's my two questions. If you're driving, stop the car. If you're taking notes, get a pen and paper. These are the two questions where you can train yourself or train your children how to esteem themselves after they've done something. Okay, I get this email from someone that just finished their first Facebook Live. Here's the first question. Tell me three things you did well. Whew, I gotta think about that. So this email says, well, uh, number one, I got through all the technical stuff. I was a bit nervous, but nobody could tell. I did that well. Next one, I engaged people. I did that pretty well. Next one, um, I kept it on time. Good. And here's the second question. And it's very deliberate how it's worded. What three things could I do differently? What do you think of that question, Shane? What three things could I do differently? Well, I think it takes away uh, what of the question. I would say that it takes away the notion of um, a positive criticism and all of those words that people and say, you right? Yourself up. Yeah, okay. yeah, and and it takes away all of that. Well, if you're going to be critical of somebody, be nice about it, and right, and yeah. and and all those things. Like, there's no. I know even the word criticism gets my back up. I know it does. Yeah. How do you not hear criticized when you say, can I give you some criticism? Yeah. And yeah, and could, no, you can't give me criticism. And a, a, I would get into the part of why are you being critical of it anyway? Like, okay. um, yeah, so that's so, where I land with that question. Good. Well, that's uh, so the second part of the email, uh, the question was, what three things would I do differently? And my client said this, uh, the next time I would speak slower. You see how she didn't say, I, I spoke too fast. I'm, 
right? And that's beating yourself up. That's not self-esteeming. The esteem part is next time I'm going to speak slower. The other thing she says, she goes, next time I'm going to upsell to my services better. Because you know what she didn't do, right? But she didn't beat her. Oh, you know, I didn't do that. Oh, and this is, she said, and next time I'll uh, remember to give my credentials. When it's easier to say, oh, I forgot to tell them my name, my bond. What a mess up. Mm-hmm. These two questions are so deliberate that I ask myself these questions in the car. Now, cue Malaysia. I always like to talk about my Malaysia. I mean, they brought me there many times. And my crew would pick me up in the car and we'd go do a presentation. And sometimes we were back to back. And everything Malaysia is two hours away, even if it's across the street. It takes <laughs> hours to get anywhere. So I'd look at the calendar. We'd have a, a breakfast presentation, a lunch presentation, and an afternoon tea. That you know that was like your three o'clock break in one day, and it took the whole day to do it, even though they're only twenty five minutes long. So and sometimes in Malaysia they don't mess around. You know they're big corporations. They've got training rooms that seat twenty five hundred people. Wow. They're like theaters in Las Vegas. Wow. That's it takes training of their employees very seriously. So we'd go to a presentation, and then you know as soon as we're done, you know the employees go back to work, and we're whisked off in the, in the car. And then my team would say to me, do, "Do you think we should get some feedback forms?" And I'd say. Absolutely not. <laughs> I said, let me tell you three things that I did really well in that presentation. And I would say, I did this, I did this, and I did this. And I said, and for next time, here's what we can do differently. Uh, I need a glass of water, blah, you know, just a little time. It was just a way to say it. And then we do the next one. And then we got in the habit, we get in the car and they say, what three things did, did you like? And we'd, and we'd laugh, right? Because I would get, I would, I, my self-esteem is good. I would get a standing ovation and people wouldn't leave. I don't need a written feedback form telling me the temperature was too hot. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and that, isn't that so true is that you can never anticipate where somebody's listening from anyway. I mean, you can't, why would you let someone else's feedback if they're on their way to, they're on their way to your event or to work with you today or to have a visit with you today, whatever life scenario. And then their dog died overnight. The first thing they had to do was take the dog to the vet and now they're heartbroken. And on the way to your event, they fender bendered because they weren't paying attention when they parked. They came in a bad mood. And now they're in a bad mood. And all they're listening from is, I've had a bad day. And so why does their feedback impact your life? Um, yes, empathetic to their terrible day, sure. But that doesn't mean it impacts the way that you run your life every day. So I hear that. Um, that's, that's a great perspective, Michael. Imagine your children, you know, your teenage girls and boys, and they're trying something. But, you know, it's, you got to be number one. You got to be number one. You know, you got to be the top of this. You got to be the best at everything. What if when you came home in the car and they're crying because they lost the game or the, you know, the tennis or the dancing or whatever? And you said, and you said, okay, let's, let's do our exercise. What three things did you do well? Mm-hmm. And you know what? At first, that won't come, you know, be. No, 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 tell me what you did well. And they would, and boy, people sit up straight when they say, say okay, here's what I did well. You know what? I, I'm not going to try to pretend that I know what, you know, the, the, the terminology, if it was a sports or a dancing, they could list things. Yeah. And they say, what would you do differently? Well, next time I would, boy, how empowering is that? Now, as a speaker, you know, we'd get in the car and that would be the question. We'd have fun with that. What would you do differently? I said, nothing. 
<laughs> I said, maybe, maybe stay longer for more applause. And we'd laugh, right? But <laughs> yeah. So they, they, thought, they thought I was brilliant when I traveled with them because we would go in the car. Well, when I arrived at the airport, they had a binder that was eight inches thick telling me every presentation I want to do in 30 days. Oh. I, the history, I, said, I don't need the history. Here's what I told them. In the car, on the way there, tell me this. Who are they? What's their problem? And I would nail the whole presentation with that two pieces of information. So. Yeah. And, and the irony is, is they're actually solving their problem. Um, you're giving them access to see it. And so what I hear as a parent is that the kid on the bad day, uh, bad hockey game, say, it's Canada. Hockey's always an easy example. Had a bad yeah. hockey game. Maybe they lost. Um, you know, parents are going to say, well, t- tell me three things that you did great today. Yeah. Well, I listened to the coach. Or, I mean, they might struggle with it. But at the same time, yeah. it's not up to – you can say to them, look, you did a great job when you did this today. But it still doesn't resonate when they're able to create it for themselves. So it might be a good way to start the flow. Yeah. Right. Get it going. Because they're thinking, I don't know what, you know, this is new. I don't know what you mean. You say, well, remember when you were a team player there? And they said, well, you know what? Let's put that as number. That's, that was one thing. Let's give me three. That was one. Yeah. So you're kind of teaching them how to build the list because it might not be the style around your house or it could be a brand new exercise. I had an experience of this. Now it's just coming to me as we talk about it is that I had said to my son after a hockey game, I said, it looked like you were really skating, like same conversation. You know, well, what happened? You know, tell him, tell me your day today. Well, something you did good. And he said to me, he's like, oh, I didn't do anything right. I said, I, and this was neat. I said, well, to me, it looked like you skated really hard today. Like you were really active on the puck. You were, you know, your feet were moving. You were skating hard. And his response to me was, no, that wasn't what I did well today. I, I had more to give. And so that created a conversation from his perspective. It was really neat. His conversation was, well, dad saw me working hard and he was inside his integrity at that point and kind of said, oh, dad, I had a lot more to give than that. And so he could have just taken the compliment and run away with it, but then he actually stayed with it. And that was kind of a neat too. So I like what you said about leading by example creates the opportunity to lead by example. Yeah. It's a great habit to get into. Wow. It's a little bit different than tell me about your day. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it still gets, it still creates that positivity. You know, All right, so, go ahead, sorry. People that are, uh, you know, going for a job interview, it's really easy to beat yourself up in the car on the way back, but you can't do it. You got to say, okay, here's what I did well. I answered what they asked and I made sure if it was a two part question, I got, to, I did that really well. Well, the other thing, boy, I deliberately gave good eye contact. Boom, boom, boom. Because that's usually not the conversation in the car. Can you? I'm nervous. I think I bombed. Right. Um, Can you use the this exact same technique going into the interview and create going into the interview with your self esteem? Well, you know, I think that you know this is touching on the law of attraction, right? You can precede. You're thinking I'm saying P R E C E D E. I'm not precede. I did actually. You read my mind (laughs) with a little planting of a seed. Yeah. You can precede the experience by planting the seed. Right. You decide, you know, I recently did a, this is a cute little story. <laughs> I was asked to be interviewed by this golf podcast. Hashtag I don't golf. I never watch it. I don't know anything about it. But you know what? I'll be on any talk show anywhere in the world. I can talk about law of attraction anytime, anywhere, and I can make it fit. 
So the guy had heard me on another radio show or podcast and said, oh, I think my listeners would really like it. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm in. I'll do it. So the day before the interview, he sends me questions and he says, just a heads up, here's a couple of questions I'm going to ask you at the end of the interview. One was, what song do you want to hear on the way to the golf, the first golf tee, whatever it's called? And I wrote back and I said, I hate every word in that question. And I said, can we do the interview without me having to talk about golf? And he wrote back, he said, got it. So how did I pull that off? How did I pull off to be one of the highest listened to podcasts on his channel? It was all about law of attraction. And here is the premise. The golf game starts in the car. Right. So the job interview, it starts in the car. Right. Boy, you can tell I have a Canadian accent, right? <laughs> when, I, when I travel anywhere, they say, you're from Canada. And then when I'm from Canada, people say, you're from the Maritimes, aren't you? Just <laughs> say car. Yeah. Yeah, what do you tell yourself in the car? Oh, I'm going to bomb. I'm going to be nervous and people's going to bother me. And it's going to be, you know, that's the seed that gets planted. Same with the job interview. And on the way home, do the same exercise. What three things did I do well? And what three things would I do differently? There. So well, I'm yeah. And that translates to me. I, I, I listen from that, from the perspective of nighttime uh, shift head listeners that are, driving trucks or delivery drivers. We have uh, quite a few of our family here at nighttime who text in and that's what they do. And I don't want this notion to be too big for everybody's job. I mean, when you leave work after driving, uh, we have truckers that drive from Calgary to Vancouver every night. And we have truckers that drive from Ottawa to Windsor every night that reach out to the show. When you're done your day, you can simply translate it this into the end of your day. That's what yeah. I hear anyway. Like it is just like you said about golf. It's not about yeah. golf. And a lot of them are dads, right? A lot of them are dads of, you know, little girls and boys and imagine bringing the skill set home and having that conversation for the first time. Well, you know what? Yeah, you didn't win, but what did you do? Well, it's like, you know, and that first conversation is going to be a little bit, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, then it'll be like, and boy, you'll just see your kid beaming. You know, and this isn't about you praising them. I mean, I'm not saying not to do that, but this isn't you saying you you did, you know you patting them on. You did a good. job. They're telling you they did a good job. What a beautiful habit to get into. It is beautiful. Uh, MichaelLosier.com, if you want to go to it. And this is what I Google. Uh, if you don't know how to spell Losier, if you just Google Law of Attraction, Michael, or Michael Lozier Victoria, or if you Google any of those, Michael Lozier author, Michael author Victoria, you're going to find Michael Lozier and he's been there as well. I mean, you can always throw Oprah in there too, because he's been on Oprah and that'll help you find him. Uh, it's amazing stuff. Is there one last little piece that we can leave everybody of something to look at if they're feeling like this conversation is inspiring? What can What can somebody go to and look at to sort of complete the thought or take with them, you know, six, eight hours later when in their busy day, they finally have a chance to look at this because they might be driving right now. Where, where, where's the best place to go? Well, I just want them to write. It's just two simple questions. Remember, write it down and make it a habit, you know, um, and everything takes practice and everything's deliberate. Oh, I got to remember to do that. Oh, I got to. But on day two and three and four, you're going to say, 
you know what? I just caught myself acknowledging what a good job without the without the list in front of you. The the list is structured or train you to do it, but because right now I'm doing a good job on this interview, right? I can tell you three things that I'm doing well, and, and I'm saying that deliberately to say, you know, this is this is how it's done. It just becomes habit. Michael Lossier, as always, I enjoy the conversation. Thank you. It's the Shift Podcast. Let's welcome in Steve Stebbing to the Shift. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back to the program, sir. Thank you. It's always nice to be back. What the hell should we watch this weekend? Um, I do that to make shots at Steve Stebbing's easygoing life that he has in Penticton, where it's all mellow <laughs> and there's lakes yeah, and two sides and mountains on two sides and it's a yeah. beautiful piece of land. Yeah, and I just I, I spin circles around it every morning, just like I'm Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, just oh, taking yeah. it all in in a 360 <laughs> panorama. Yeah. yeah, you're picturing are, that now. I know you are. I am. I'm actually picturing you in a dress and wondering how alive these hills are. Is what I'm wondering. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how implied the dress was. Yeah, it's pretty good though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Text message for you before we get started, Steve Stebbing. Sure. It says. Uh, Shane, with you hosting The Shift the past year, I've come to understand your taste in movies. This is from Glenn. Since Thursday, as uh, What to Watch with Steve Hebb Stebbings, he's very nice. It's What the Hell Do You Want to Watch? What the Hell Should I Watch This Weekend? But thank you for making it sound way more upper crust than it is, Glenn. <laughs> I thought I'd recommend uh, another excellent film for you. The Upside, starring Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart, is a true story of a remarkable relationship between a quadriplegic and an ex-con. I give it five out of five shift heads. So, Steve Stebbing, tell, can you tell us uh, about the upside? Do you agree with Glenn? Um, well, see, the thing, uh, the difference is when I saw the upside, I had already seen the French original film called Intouchables with uh, Omar Sy. And I love that film so much. And I have a deep pet peeve of when Americans need to remake a, a movie to, to hit more of accessible in North America. And I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like a, a, a purist. I love Brian Cranston. Um, I enjoy Kevin Hart. Um, I feel like Nicole Kidman is a little miscast. Um, but uh, I mean, if you haven't seen the uh, Intouchables, then yes, uh, The Upside is a very enjoyable film for sure. All right, there it is. What the hell should we watch this weekend? I know Ryan O'Donnell has some plans for what the hell he should watch this weekend. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not proud. Actually, no, I am proud. Me and my roommate Own are it. doing the Michael Bay Athon. <laughs> we're watching dumb uh. action at its peak. And we're starting high, you know, with Bad Boys, The Rock, up to tra- <laughs> well, Armageddon, which is like, I yeah. hate that movie, but I love it so much. And then Transformers. And then I'm just <laughs> down. Cascades down a hill. Yep. Yes. And then there's a couple uh, of good ones. Yeah. Um, don't miss out on pain again. You have to include that one because yep. uh, it's excellent. It's highly underrated. The Rock, so good. Um, and then there's the 13 Hours, the Benghazi movie, where it's like everyone has a beard. I don't know who's who in that movie. It's just good point. I uh, just that's weird. Mix. That one's yeah. weird. It is. The it's dark of it, and bearded. It's, it's it's dark and it doesn't really. Um, it doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a dark ending. Always like, of course, the storyline's dreadful, but really, aside from the humility of the leader guy, which is not even convincing. No, I, yeah, that was dumb. It's just an oorah movie. 
if that makes oh, any sense. It's just kind of raw bravado. That's yeah. really just what it is. Tough guy, one-liners. Like, they're equipping one-liners in the movie that I thought was really weird. Um, it t- makes it feel unreal. Yeah, it does. Quite unreal. Not the good way. Mm-hmm. Okay, what the hell should we watch this weekend other than Ryan's Michael Bay idea? <laughs> uh, let's get started here with Wrath of Men. It doesn't feel right. It's like he wants trucks to get hit. He's not a cop. But if he's not a cop, what is he? A while back, we lost two guards. A civilian, too. There was an investigation. And they still haven't found a scum who did it. Okay. There's a lot of different dramatic voices going on there, Steve Stebbing. Yes, and uh, the most important thing to take away from this is that this is a team-up again of Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie. They did Snatch, Lost Talk and Two Smoking Barrels, Revolver, uh, I mean, a good handful of movies. Uh, this is gritty and dark Guy Ritchie. It's really violent. Uh, basically, Statham plays kind of the new person on a armored truck crew uh, who is also just like, of just a brutal killer and they anytime they get robbed by crews he basically headshots all of them but there is something deeper to his mythos and i mean i really dug this movie it's got all that style and substance to it if you watch the trailer you would never think it was a guy Ritchie movie You'd think it was just some bank robber movie but it's got some depth to it and uh i really dug the movie i have a, learned that i have a thing to watch robbery movies i do it, this yeah this is if Guy Ritchie wanted to make kind of like heat. Like this yeah. is this is that. But there's movie. always an air of a little bit of a story subplot of Robin Hood in it, right? Like there's yep. there's a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Some, yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's the other way. <laughs> way around. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up on the list, stevestepping.ca, by the way, if you want to connect with Steve. Street Gang, how we got to Sesame Street. I love the whole idea of taking commercial techniques and apply them to a show for kids. I was convinced that it would be impossible to do. Jim Henson, Frank Oz, if they were on, you had a good day. We're the Mm -hmm. best of friends. Yes. How many lines do you have? Three. Three. (laughs) Well, try to get the first one better. Uh, That's fun. Tell us about it. it. Absolutely. Uh, this one is just like a mix of like wistful memories of watching like a cherished show that I'm sure uh, a lot of us grew up with. Uh, the awe of seeing it all come together starting in like 1964 when they were kind of forming the children's television workshop to bringing the Muppets in to the launch of the show in 1969 and everything after going through test audiences, everything uh, interviews uh, with uh, all the the uh, the cast that are still alive, the cast and crew. Uh, also archived ones with those who are not with us anymore and uh, I mean the emotional beats of even talking about the the passing of Mr. Hooper and how they dealt with it on the show Uh, I mean I definitely had multiple tears rolling throughout this film it's just such a special documentary and one that I think a lot of us will hold in our heart yeah it's a little bit of a aww yeah, you start to I, see the story, right? 
constantly and every time they're showing like old uh vignettes and the cartoons and and uh showing the behind the scenes like carol spinney doing big bird and the evolution of how big birds uh you know the whole puppet uh, the whole costume came together uh and how he was working um oscar the grouch at the same time while still wearing the big bird legs like it's so interesting to see yeah cool stuff all right what the hell should we watch this weekend the outside story what are you doing? Do you know this man? Are we done here? Neo! You got my keys? I don't know which they are. You and Isha broke up, but you're still moving in a car. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Shouldn't you be out arresting real criminals or something? City drivers are real criminals. Says who? Says me. Who are you? Someone who knows. What do you do? I cut in memoriam videos of old celebrities. You make eulogies for people who aren't dead yet? That's dark. <laughs> it's kind of- kind of like working in the media tell us about it yeah this is a feel-good comedy basically it's about a a recluse uh living in his uh, walk-up apartment um who just kind of just like shut himself off the world from the world due to a bad breakup but he ends up locking himself out of the house after a dispute with a delivery driver and uh, ends up having to kind of face the world and, and forge new relationships and everything and it just is one of those heartwarming stories it has brian tyree henry who was in the tv show atlanta with uh, donald glover a guy that's kind of just really been playing the supporting actor stuff until this film where he really got a, a juicy lead role to play and he does it so well so i really hope to see more leading roles for him um i mean it's a small movie probably won't get a lot of attention but it deserves it because they're these sweet films they're kind of few and far between these days next up what the hell should we watch this weekend a bump along the way let's go back to your gaff my daughter's there let's go to yours i love with my man <laughs> gonna sit there hungover all day you're going to have a wee baby at my age whatever something wrong with oh jeez pam don't talk like that there are definite advantages to having a baby at your age one has more sense more experience and you are financially better off all right tell us about it irish sounds irish yeah, it's an Irish comedy drama, and I just I really have such a a, a sweet affinity for these movies because uh, there was just one a couple of months ago, uh, dating Amber that I really loved, and uh, the actress from that uh, her name is Lola Pettigrew. Uh, she is kind of the co lead in this one. Uh, it's about a um, a single mother and her daughter. The the mom gets pregnant. She's in her mid forties, and it kind of becomes like the scandal of their small Irish town. And uh, basically, it's it's really about these women trying to find strengths in themselves and in their relationship as well as they're both kind of pushed around in their lives. She never gets any spousal support from from uh, her daughter's father, and the kid gets bullied and pushed around, is completely meek and mousy at school, and they kind of have to just find what makes them them and i think that's where the the goodness in this story lies is the character development and uh the the young actress uh, lola pettigrew and uh brana gallagher i just love that woman's name uh is the lead and she's so good in this movie i haven't really seen her anything before but she's really great in this okay moving on to blu-ray stevestepping.ca if you want to check it out the website the steve will dead there on the tweeter eh uh, Blu-ray, Judas and the Black Messiah. The Black Panthers 
are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I will learn. These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. All right, tell us about it. Sounds very, very yeah. action-packed-y. Yeah, this one stars Academy Award winner Daniel Kaluuya, who just picked up the Best Supporting Actor Award. Uh, also, Lakeith Stanfield was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I'm not ex- exactly sure why neither of them were no- nominated for Best Actor, because they're both kind of the lead actors in this. But this is the Fred Hampton story, uh, essentially. Uh, Black Panther leader who was murdered by Chicago police uh, outright. And uh, more to the point, this is about uh, the small-town grifter that was basically uh, put into the Black Panthers as an FBI informant and kind of uh, led to uh, Hampton's downfall and, and, and kind of sold him out in, in a certain way. And I mean, this movie uh, is put together by Shaka King and it's my favorite movie of the year, I think, because uh, it's just so gritty, so well played out. And I mean, the acting is just absolutely incredible in this movie. Uh, Kaluuya deserves every award. Just keep giving them to him. He's amazing. Okay, what the hell should we watch this weekend with everybody, not everybody, most everybody on lockdowns around the country on TV since May seems to have become Star Wars month with May the 4th. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. You'll climb Force 99. You know who we are. Hunter. Let's go. Echo. Hyperdrive's online. Tick. Prepping to jump. Ricker. Let's blow something up. And cross here. Your move. <laughs> We're all you need. All right, tell us about uh, the uh, the new versions of the many thousands of impossible to follow lines of Star Wars. Yeah, this is The Bad Batch, which actually uh, continues after the Clone Wars series, uh, following a group of... Uh, a- a, a squad of clones that have kind of spun off of the uh, original crew because uh, the directive has come down for uh, them to kill all the Jedis and uh, effectively create the new empire. And uh, these guys decide they're not part of that group. So they kind of uh, are rogue from everything. So we kind of see the forming of the rebels and everything in this. Uh, and I mean, this is for the deep fans, hundred percent, just also because it's animated. So it already kind of has its built in audience. But I've watched the first two episodes, which Disney was nice enough to give me, and uh, I'm enjoying the heck out of it and looking forward to more. Really? Well, that's exciting. Can I borrow your <laughs> Disney Plus password? <laughs> uh, I get uh, you know, first. my in-laws. Yeah, my in-laws have it. <laughs> they, oh. <laughs> I have I have all the separate <laughs> profiles on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people on there. That's what you're saying. All right, Steve Stebbing, thank you very much, brother. It's great to see your face on our Zoom call. Thanks for being here and uh, and sharing the insight. All right, buddy. Anytime, guys. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.